0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Break It Down, a pop culture and politics podcast. I am Susanna, a.k.a. Oprah.
1: Um, And I'm Isha, a.k.a. Tina Turner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is episode four (laughs) of the podcast and it's entitled That's So Racist, But I'd Rather Be Shopping With Oprah. There's Welcome. a lot happening. Again, as per usual. Always,
1: always so much happening. Um mm-hmm. we wanted to start off by talking about Raven Simone's quote unquote coming out.
0: Yes, girl.
1: Which is uh interesting since mm-hmm. she thinks
0: and a lot of us seem to think mm-hmm. that she has been out. Right. Welcome to the family slash um you already been at the reunion. But well, that, whatever. That's, that's cool. Right. That's fine. That's right. Uh, But yeah, so recently, well, going back a few months, uh, Raven had uh, tweeted some stuff about being personal. She said something like, oh, Mm -hmm. my personal life This is back in May. It's my own business. And then as a result of um, the recent SCOTUS decisions uh, this past Friday or so, she said, uh, you know, yay, uh, uh, yay government. I'm glad I can get married. Something to that effect. And so... At first, some folks were saying, well, that's pretty vague. But then she retweeted a couple of her followers who were like, well, she been out. She just didn't want people in her business. And she retweeted right. that. So, right. I mean, it's you not know,
1: rocket surgery.
0: It's not rocket surgery at so. all. She's been rumored to be dating um, a sister from uh, America's Next Top Model who is real cute, real um, cute. as Marie Livingston. think it's her name and they just seem real cute together. It's unclear. It seems they may have broken up. I don't know. I have to continue to scour the blogs because now I'm obsessed with them as a couple because I think they're really cute together. Uh, but, yeah, she's just living her life. She's just living and her life. And that's so Raven. It's so Raven. Oh, pun alert. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, what's interesting about it is this sort of bizarre Twitter obsession. Like, it feels a little fabricated to me, mm-hmm. and I think it feels fabricated to her. She's just, in her mind, been out. I think her family knows and her people know, and she has been out with her girlfriend of several years out in the world on, like, various red carpets, sort of doing her thing. So it's interesting that folks want some sort of declaration from her, which Mm -hmm. she doesn't seem inclined to give, which I think is an interesting sort of cultural shift in coming out processes, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be sort of a grand declaration. Some people make grand declarations. Mm -hmm. Um, Ricky
0: Martin made a grand 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 declaration, declaration, which there had been a lot of, you know, worry and concern and speculation around him. And he's like, I'm a proud homosexual man. Like that's, that's great and obvious. Right. So it's wonderful, you know, or say Don Lemon at CNN, where it was clear, like this was like a very measured step that he took. And we don't talk about Don later. That's right. But, uh, But, you know, and then Anderson just comes out and is like, hey, y'all. Right. Exactly. I'm gay, too. Right. mm, After Don did all that work and stuff, but, you know. Right. So it's interesting how people sort of navigate that. Right. Uh, And so,
1: and it's interesting the sort of need for a particular, well, there's a couple things, right? It's like both a private thing and then also a public thing. It matters that mm -hmm. um, celebrities, when they say who they, you know, that they're gay and that they have, you know, who their partners are when they sort of do that publicly, Mm -hmm. that means a particular kind of thing for other celebrities. And it's sort of still, we're still in the paving the way process. We're not sort of the road is not paved. So it's interesting that people want that from her, which I can understand. But then there's also this sort of notion, like she's just living her life and she's doing it as she's doing it. And she is entitled to that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It was a little heartwarming moment. I feel like she
0: handled it with a lot
1: of, and pizzazz and just kind of and grace mm-hmm. and grace
0: and yeah But the folks who did not know the the folks who are perhaps a little younger than us because my right. my knowledge of raven simone is really like watching her on the cosby show i was a little too old for that so raven right. although i did see a few episodes and was always glad to see that she was doing well mm-hmm. she did not seem to be going like the Lindsay lohan route not that i have any beef with Lindsay lohan but she's clearly hurting and in pain right, right. and amanda Bynes is clearly going through something that seems much more serious than sort of just acting out. There seems to be some mental health issues with her. And so... Raven has always just gotten her coins and lived her life, and she has this boo thing, but all, I know a lot of sisters out there are like, wait, what? My childhood crush right. uh, is really uh, playing for the team? Okay. <laughs> right. I'm sure that people are going to be looking for her at the various pride events. Good luck, ladies. I know. I know.
1: Well, and as it remains, we were just scouring the gossip blogs, and it's mm-hmm. unclear whether she and her girlfriend are still together. So, so some people Maybe might we, have a
0: chance. That's right. We might have some new report
1: <laughs> we'll
0: see <laughs> we'll see the other really interesting thing that has happened in terms of pop culture recently is a girl oh oprah so oprah was over in switzerland in zurich in zurich right because you know her home girl tina turner was getting married to her longtime boothing. thing as it happens right i don't know if y'all saw the pictures but google tina turner wedding And you will see the fabulous frock she has on. Her man, you know, I mean, his hair is gel to the nines. They are really just doing it really big. (laughs) They're doing it really big. They're living their lives. And so Oprah, of course, was going to the nuptials.
1: As one does for one's BFF, international rock
0: stars. That's right. Though they may be. Though they may be. And so she's just like, you know what? Let me go to the store, to the boutique, and get a bag for this wedding. Right. So she goes to this boutique whose name I, I don't recall at the moment and really it's not important they don't need ever, any advertising and wants to look at a bag that costs about $38,000 which number one what right i mean no comment <laughs> right i mean that's that's people's salary that's several people's salaries a, a bunch of college tuition a bunch of college tuition it's a lot but you know she has 8.5 quadrillion dollars so $38,000 is nothing right That's like me going to Rainbow and buying a purse. But whatever. Whatever. That's cool. That's fine. And so this salesperson Mm. proceeds to tell our girl, oh, Lord Jesus, that the bag is too expensive for her to look at. To look at. Not even purchase, Jesus. Look at. Okay? It was a crocodile skin Tom Ford bag. I'm sure it was beautiful. A work it of was art. probably a work of art because Tom Ford does not play. Does not play. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So this became a thing. So Oprah has been openly talking about this as she has gone on her promotional tour for the movie that she's in called The Butler, uh, directed by Lee Daniels, who you know also uh, directed Precious and other things. So she's out there on this circuit and talking about racism,
1: right? And in Nancy- really interesting ways. So Nancy O'Dell is interviewing her for this piece for Entertainment Tonight. And she is fixating on the question in this interview. Nancy O'Dell is fixating on the question of whether Oprah has ever been called the N-word. She keeps talking to her about, she keeps asking her the same question and Oprah responds, you know, it's a, it's an interesting interview. I recommend watching it. So Oprah responds by saying, that's not how racism shows up for me. Mm -hmm. It shows up not anymore. Yeah. People don't, are not going to say things like that to my face. Um, and, but then she has her caveat where she says things like this, this, I was in this store in Zurich and this happened to me. And the way she responded to it was just by walking out of the mm-hmm. store. I'm talking about it on Entertainment Tonight, but right. but you know, but whatever. But also, um, and the store owner has
0: issued an apology now. A non-apology, like, girl, I know that was you. My bad. That's not an apology, but no, right. Okay.
1: And she also talks about how racism sh- and how her experience sort of in boardrooms and in in like. Um, different i think corporate environments and and so she says that she and she said this very interesting thing where she said she couldn't tell whether it was racism or sexism and I, she thought it was both. And intersectionality. Hello. It's mm-hmm. both of those things. And mm-hmm. so here she is she's talking about how you know men are just used to running things and she really experiences it in that way. Um still and then and, you know, and then Nancy O'Dell, of course, asked her six more times whether she's ever been called the N-word.
0: Which is, you know what, I have not met a black person in the United States. I mean, they probably have ex- do exist who has not been called the N-word. I haven't met the person. I've been called the N-word several times to my face by white people as a child, as an adult. Mm-hmm. It happens, right? But once you become Oprah, mm-hmm. as she suggests, she said, she said something like, only Twitter thugs call me the N-word That's to my right. face. Oprah saying the phrase "Twitter thug" is reason enough for you to Google this clip. I right, mean, right. It. I it's, mean, it's really awful. funny. But yeah, I mean, your class privilege can buffer that to a certain degree, to a certain degree. but it, it doesn't buffer it completely. Even Oprah, right. Oprah, she's a billionaire, right? right. Going to Tina Turner's wedding—it's already kind of a storied event, right? Right, and she, and this she brings does, her back down. It's to earth. so
1: incredible because she does. So this happened to her in 2005 when she tried to go into the Hermes store mm-hmm. in Paris and mm-hmm. was not let in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was all this speculation at that time was whether she really looked like Oprah. Right. This time in the interview, she made the point of saying, I didn't have my lashes on, but I was in my full Oprah. Mm-hmm. But she was by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, you know, she did not look like Oprah, but they don't show Oprah in Switzerland. So...
0: And Oprah looks like my auntie, your auntie, whoever's auntie. I mean, right. she looks great. Right. She dresses nicely. She got that big weave. I mean, she's doing whatever, but she just is a middle aged black lady, right? That's so what she looks don't, like. I guess in Zurich, there's like Tina and like maybe one of Tina's homies or something. There's not too many Negroes. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> then no. she wasn't on the approved list, I guess. Right, so. right,
1: right. And so it was very, it was, so she was very cognizant of the fact that it didn't matter what she looked like. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter who she is because it keeps, if it happens, it happened to Oprah twice, you know, like. You know it's
0: going to happen to the rest of us, but let's not forget what Brother Malcolm said. What do you call a black person with a PhD? The N-word. I mean, it does... Class stuff matters, uh-huh. but ultimately, white supremacy is, is a real thing, and mm-hmm. it can cut across. So class privilege can buffer you a whole lot, mm-hmm. and this is just an interesting moment, right? And so, of right. course, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how that right. sort of plays out in this Butler movie.
1: Right, and there's a whole other critique of Oprah to be had in this mm. moment, which is about the $38,000 bag I itself. Know. That is a long-standing question about what how she sort of navigates wealth and money and all of that stuff and it's mm-hmm. a bit, and the sort of rampant and epic consumerism mm-hmm. that she promotes through her show and on all of those things like that is mm-hmm. real and that is a legitimate critique of her and what she's doing in the world I think a conversation about class and here's mm-hmm. someone who's building schools for girls on one hand and then having this thirty. I mean like how do you reconcile those two truths and those mm-hmm. you know sets of Facts about poverty and things in the United States. So she's a
0: complicated woman.
1: She's complicated, and money is complicated, and people who never ha- did not have money growing up and who have it now have complicated relationships to it. Like that is a whole big conversation. Mm-hmm. But the thing here for us that's interesting is that no matter whether you're Oprah, racism exists. It sure and does. And nothing really can protect you from that. Even not even being the richest woman in the world can protect you from that. Sure can. And so that is particularly interesting in light of. Our friend Don Lemon <gasps> and his sort of meanderings mm. on air, mm. as he has done. Now, full disclosure: I've met Don. Mm-hmm.
0: We There's even been... a great picture of you too. There's a great
1: picture. I was like, to- Matt, like toads crushed out during the picture, <laughs> and you can tell because I'm smiling
0: from ear to ear, and I'm just like having. This he really life. is a pretty man.
1: Yeah, he's super. He's super handsome, and is generally was delightful to be around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said.
0: Yes. He went on the television. And show his entire life <laughs> He really did. just, And then, like, really dug in his heels. Yeah, so he did. I'm sure most of you have heard about this um, by now, but basically in a conversation about larger issues around race, Don Lemon basically said that, you know, some of the things that black people could do to sort of better their lives were things like, you know, pull up sagging pants mm-hmm. and have, you know, nuclear family. I mean, just... Yeah, really old schools. One on one respectability
1: yeah. politics, mm-hmm. as though. And now here we are, just having gotten done with this conversation about how not even if you're Oprah, right?
0: Oprah didn't show up to that store in no Timberlands. She didn't come with a fringe shirt. She didn't have a tattoo on her neck. Uh, she didn't have a baby <laughs> on her head. <laughs> whatever you know, like, whatever, whatever the, the markers, right? Of of abject, low class, underclass blackness. She didn't have any of those markers. Granted, she didn't have her lashes on, but I'm sure she had a couple of swipes of some Dior show or something. Right. I don't know. Right. I mean, right? Right. So, it's not about how you dress. It's not about how you right. It's not simply about those things. Class matters, but, you know. Right. And this sort of,
1: um, it's really a distraction. I mean, we keep talking about it on this podcast about the structural things that, you know, the structures and institutions that hold racism in place, and then you have someone saying, oh, the way to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really quite a disservice Mm -hmm. to say, to have someone like Don Lemon say, oh, we could actually protect ourselves we black men and young black men could protect themselves by acting a particular kind of way when we know that that is just
0: it's not simply true. false so if Trayvon had been wearing a button-down suit after he'd been chilling in his house with his like little stepbrother uh you know just watching the game they should have been in three-piece suits basically when his brother said to him oh I want some skittles and he's like all right I'll go I'll walk the miles right. to the store he's supposed to be wearing a tuxedo or some I mean really. would that
1: have even protected him? What is you know right? And I think that that the fact that 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 is not clear. First of all, it's an unreasonable burden to mm-hmm. sort of s- a- ascribe to some aesthetic presentation that is always shifting and always moving, and and to have that be the way that people identify their worth and their safety. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's a ridiculous
0: notion. And it has not worked. The thing about respectability politics, we've been doing them for a long time. They're a strategy, a social political strategy. Like if we do this particular thing, then we can have our full citizenship and humanity recognized in civic life it's not that black people haven't been doing it. Maybe not all black people, but lots of black people have been doing it. And where has it gotten us? Shut out of stores, gun down in the street. It's an incomplete strategy. It can work in certain ways, right? We do have to code switch in particular Mm -hmm. circumstances. I always say this to my students that people judge you by the way you speak, right? So I have a PhD in English. If I were to walk into the classroom and be like, yo, 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 what's up? I'm Dr. Morris. They might have a particular kind of notion about me as a person, right? Okay. And it would be incorrect, right? Right. Because I can't speak that way, but I also have this PhD, right? Right. But I tell them, you speak multiple languages. You know, people sort of interpret you in different sorts of ways, right? So the respectability politics stuff is just... It's a strategy that's attempting to chip away at white supremacy, but all it does is really ultimately reinforce it. It might help you in one small way or another, but it does not, it cannot win the war. It might just fight an individual battle.
1: Right, and in any given moment, and even then it doesn't work, right? Oprah can't get her bag and Skip Gates is at his house and the police are looking at him like, what are mm-hmm. you doing here? Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, th- these moments keep showing up about how that's it, not just an incomplete strategy or a, an ineffective strategy, but it's just actually keeps failing mm-hmm. um, at sort of creating safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's speaking of creating safety. We this other the other piece that we wanted to sort of check in on today and talk a little bit about is this we've been speaking on our podcast for um, you know a couple of months now about race and racism in the United States and the various conversations that we've been having. about what it looks like to have a national conversation about race and structural racism, mm-hmm. um, and in the background, and for some folks in the foreground, but largely in the background of our domestic policy advocacy conversations, we're talking about reproductive rights. We talk about all these things. Here has been this um, backdrop of this ongoing war that we're having, and this discussion about um, the government's role our government's role in keeping us safe, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what that looks like. So we're talking about safety and individual safety, Trayvon. And then we're in the middle of these various wars abroad. And a lot of our tax dollars are going to create these military institutions and then these domestic institutions um, that are holding up these, these various wars. And I just have been really feeling like we're, we're missing opportunities to link these conversations and to link, you know, link our domestic, um, social justice work with the work that with what's going on abroad. And I think for me, it became sort of acute this past week as I was traveling. And then I was hearing all these alerts about traveling and being in an airport and being, you know, a South Asian person in an airport is, has been, for the past decade and some change, a really um, stressful experience for me. And so it's, I always feel it very viscerally when like the, the, you know, threat levels change and fluctuate. I know that my travel experience will be different. Mm-hmm. And so I've just always sort of been a little attuned to that. And that, that those feelings are bringing up for me, the fact that we are having these sort of background conversations, these articles are coming out and some folks are talking about them, but I'm just not hearing mm-hmm. the links being made to the conversation about what is happening at the NSA, like what is going on there and how are we to engage with it? It feels so overwhelming to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that we for a variety of reasons, have a sort of myopic focus on domestic events and domestic affairs, right? I mean, there's so much happening. We've called this the weirdest summer ever, but it's perhaps the weirdest decade. It's the weirdest presidency. I mean, there's just a lot happening domestically. And I think that um, American news cycle, our sort of American political landscape, has been just narrowly focused on domestic concerns. So you really have to kind of seek out international you know, topics in many mm-hmm. ways, right? And so I think it's easy to be sort of, I don't want to say sidetrack, but really sort of focusing in and like, well, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. But the NSA wiretapping sort of government surveillance, it's something that is pervasive and worldwide. I'm not talking about like the Illuminati people. I'm not that kind of conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. but... The fact that, you know, this whole war on terror has long-lasting, wide-ranging domestic and international mm-hmm. uh, concerns. So the issue of drones, right? That's not something you see uh, discussed a whole lot outside of, like, you know, really far-left progressive circles. And even then, there's so much stuff happening. And we're like, okay, well, they're trying to erode our voting rights. And this is happening. And that is happening. And fracking. And whatever else is going on. Mm-hmm. And so then sometimes drones get pushed to the background so we have you know any if you just google drones any number of things will pop up that this village or this area has been bombed and now we're starting to hear about drones showing up in the United States right so when we had the the a uh, former police officer who sort of went on a rampage in quotations mm-hmm. in California mm-hmm. and drones you know being used in terms of that and talking about mm-hmm. drones being used at the border right uh sort of the bu- the immigration budget absolutely so it's drones are not i think people were sort of thinking like oh that's something that's happening far right. off but no it's not it's actually something that's being brought onto the domestic home front and if we don't keep our eyes open and we don't pay attention then you know we're going to be caught unaware And the other thing we were talking about earlier as well i sort of jokingly said to isha was you know black folk always think that the government's listening in our conversations like for for the longest time perhaps goes back to civil rights movement melissa harris perry on her show uh on her saturday show talked about Uh, the ways in which, you know, sort of black folk oftentimes have an anxiety or just sort of this knowledge that, Mm -hmm. you know, our our stuff is not completely private, right? Uh, And I think in some ways it can be easy to be dismissive of the sort of governmental surveillance because it's like, oh, well, this has always happened. We've always been under Mm -hmm. surveillance under the panopticon, right? Mm -hmm. Use a little Foucault there, look that up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, (laughs) I think it's becoming even more deeply entrenched right so since president bush and the patriot act and all these other right and there's
1: structural things so that's happening so there's this sort of shift in our i mean we all have been having a conversation we had a conversation around the patriot act and civil rights 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and we're continuing to have that conversation but i feel like the energy around it has petered there's Mm -hmm. been this sort of there's nothing we can do about um, Mm -hmm. the fact that the government is going to respond to terrorism in this way. And then if we want to
0: be safe, that's right. We have to give certain things up.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's, you know, I've never felt been in a political moment. We've had many conversations with friends about how this moment feels particularly unsafe for people of color in the U S. And we talked last week in our show about world war Z and the sort of demographic anxiety that's sort of showing up here in the United States as our, as our demographics shift. And that is also happening. It's of a piece with this conversation about, um, Safety and terrorism abroad, right? So our domestic identity as a predominantly white country is is threatened by a shifting demographic, as is our notion of being a global imperial power by all of the various revolutions that have been happening in the middle Middle East. And so I think those things are are linked, um, not just sort of theoretically, but also actually kind of in the in the actual way that
0: we feel safe. We talk about safety. So, yeah. So there's a lot to think about with (laughs) imperialism and, and, you know, terrorism and all that. So we're just going to be keeping our eyes on the prize. Yeah. And paying close attention. Wanting to make
1: sure that we keep, that we keep linked and that we keep thinking about our movements for safety and racial justice linked
0: up with the movements that are happening around the world hmm More intersectionality. So, we're going to wrap up, but we want to talk a little bit about what's going to be forthcoming in our next episode. Yeah. So, look, everybody's been talking about Orange is the New Black, and neither of us have seen it. And I just really have to gird up my loins, people. I yeah, just want to be we're, real with you. we're going to do it, but we just have to prep ourselves for I it. just can't really deal with the prison... You know, I just okay, so the other night I was watching Logo and I Love You, Philip Morris was on and it was looking really sweet between um Jim Carrey and what's the other guy's name? Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Who I have sort of a soft spot for. I know you, you do. You know? And I just could not watch them in the prison. I just the right. it's too much. It's right. too much, Jesus. So we're going to try our best to uh, watch Oranges in the New Black.
1: Especially in a political moment where incarceration rates for women in particular, women of color, black women particularly, have been exponentially rising to have a show that is really sort of the main narrative is around a white woman's experience in prison. Mm -hmm. Like, it just has been a lot to sort of prepare for and enter.
0: Yeah, Um, Absolutely.
1: but so we will do it. We're will. we going to watch will, we're it. We're
0: going to do it. And we're going to report in. Mm-hmm. Or, and we're going to talk about Fruitvale Station, which I haven't seen, but Isha has. I
1: have seen it, and I'm doing all my best not to, you know, because it's a heavy movie, but it's a beautiful film. And mm-hmm. so we have a lot to say. We'll have some reporting in on that. Mm-hmm. And, and The Butler. And The Butler. Which we're Isha's going to make me see. Yeah, I just feel like it's important. Okay. Also, Lee Daniels movies are beautiful. I guess. So this one is unconvinced, but... We'll will report in. So we're gonna have a media bonanza next time we That's right. next time we're back. So tune in for that.
0: And be sure to of course check us out on letsbreakitdown.com, on Facebook dot com slash let'sbreakitdownshow. Uh, you can uh, email us at let'sbreakitdownshow at gmail You can follow us on our on Twitter at I am and at Isha P. We're just everywhere on the soundcloud jesus you can, yes, you can just find the it SoundCloud. find us anywhere Let's really break it down
1: show and we're doing our best to get um to get ourselves on stitcher so mm-hmm. stay tuned for that as well all right love you guys bye, bye.